on the grandma's comfy couch studio so welcome to the people at your service podcast known as pays or p-a-y-s where we are honored to introduce to you our audience an awesome person of service with each episode i am your host steve king and i founded our company people at your service in 2016 53 years old been blessed over those years to meet some incredible people of service and excited to share them with the audience. Some I've known for a long time. Some are newer friends like uh, Ryan that I'm going to introduce to you in a minute. And excited uh, just to have those uh, blessings and those intersections. So each episode we're joined live and in person here at the global headquarters of People at Your Service in Norwood, Ohio. Uh, just outside of Cincinnati from our podcast studio known as Grandma's Comfy Couch. And so we are seated on Grandma's Comfy Couch and, and just listening to some good music and that's in honor of my saint of a mother-in-law, Peg Ainge, who passed away back in August of 2021. And Peg and, and grandmas in general in my life have been just so um, instrumental. Uh, my grandmas, I, my mom is a grandma to my kids. Peg is a grandma to my kids. Just so uh, instrumental in terms of people at your service. So it's just so fun to, to meet people here. So thank you for making the trek. Uh, as always, Ryan is, uh, is, a, is a guest to come down. So uh, we also make a commitment to our listeners, to our audience that uh, like the old Domino's pizza uh, delivery guarantee. So we promise to deliver a delicious, fresh, hot episode in 30 minutes or less. And uh, you and I are in that same genre. So you know that uh, guarantee. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're together on that. Um, and, and I'm getting better at this. So we're trying hard. So today on the couch, we've got Mr. Ryan Chapin uh, with us. So Ryan, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for, for, for trekking down to Norwood. And thanks for, for uh, being on Grandma's Comfy Couch. I really yes. appreciate it. Very so, happy to be here. Yeah. So, so Ryan, as we talked a little bit about off air, uh, the podcast has six segments, right? So each are five minutes or less. I'll kind of keep us on time. So we'll do an intro, let you introduce yourself to the audience. We'll do a person of service that's been meaningful in your life that you want to give a shout out Two, we'll, we'll do a, uh, some speed dating, kind of getting to know you a little bit. We'll talk about you in 2022. You've got some exciting things going on in your life uh, mm-hmm. with a new venture. So uh, uh, excited to talk a little bit about that. We'll roll the dice and then we'll uh, do our podcast goodbyes here. So Sounds great. So, uh, so thanks. So first off, I'll let you just uh, introduce yourself to the audience. Okay. Well, hey, uh, great to be here. You know, this is such an exciting opportunity for me to be on my first podcast. Yes. So hopefully I'm, I don't sound too nervous to awesome. everyone. Awesome. No, you're but, perfect. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Ryan Chapin, a lot of people mispronounce my last name, but <laughs> yes. uh, you can always think of Harry Chapin, which actually I, I believe we were related to somehow. <laughs> so, nice. uh, but uh, yeah, so I just turned 50, so I'm way younger than C, yes. which is good. And, uh, <laughs> you know, You're in the same decade now, yeah, so welcome. Yeah, I'm in the welcome. same decade, and, and the gray hair is really starting to go 
full force yes. here now. So welcome to that um, as well. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I've been married for 25 years awesome. to the same wife, oh, and this is—it's just been great. She's my college sweetheart. Oh, and, that's awesome. Uh, you know, we we both went to school up in Michigan, and I know I'll offend a lot of the uh, Ohio State people yes. or people around us here. But uh, yeah, proud uh, Michigan graduate. Yeah. Uh, got an aerospace engineering degree, and my wife is a teacher from Eastern Michigan. So. Um, and uh, yeah, real fortunate. We have two beautiful children, too, a 21-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son. Oh, yeah. Um, and our a daughter, little spacing in there. A little so, bit of yeah. spacing. Yeah. yeah, there's a little story behind that. There were some, <laughs> unfortunately, some miscarriages in between. Oh, but uh, our youngest son is adopted, too. And so we adopted him at birth. And okay. just a sweet young man. Yeah. So, But uh, yeah, by trade, aerospace engineer, I spent about 26 years uh, at GE Aviation, where yeah. I was, uh, I worked my way up the, the chain up to uh, an engineering executive position yeah. and I tell you I've, I've just had such a blast working in that environment designing jet engines traveling the world and really just meeting some incredible people so awesome um, just really exciting thing and then lastly about me you know I'm, I'm a guy that has a lot of hobbies and that's maybe a problem of mine too because <laughs> <laughs> nice. I have too many hobbies but um, usually I like to play the piano okay. I, I love hiking uh, doing a lot of fun things with the family that's awesome sort of thing. yeah yeah, well, that, that may come back around in speed dating a little bit further That's as well. Right. So I appreciate that and appreciate and respect the hobbies that yeah. uh, that you have as you uh, move through life. Although, so we are now in empty nesthood. You're certainly still a ways away from that right. with a 12-year-old. So you got a little time to come. Yep. I'll try not to rub it in. We just had a really nice trip to St. Louis and Nashville nice. as empty nesters. So nice. we're, we're trying to lean in on that yeah. here. So uh, so that's awesome. Well, welcome. And, and just to share with the audience, we met through an organization called At Work On Purpose, that's which right. I think you've continued to stay involved with yep. as well, right? Would you mind just sharing... In case people don't know about At Work on Purpose, yeah. would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, so At Work on Purpose is um, a group that uh, I've been kind of affiliated with, I would say five or more years possibly. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, but Chuck Proudfit is yeah. kind of the founder of it, and Chuck and I ran into each other along the way through some other connections. But it's a really great network of uh, businessmen and women who are living intentionally with their faith at work. Yeah. And that's why the name At Work on Purpose right. is there and such a creative name. Um, but he really uh, has a lot of different activities around to bring Christian men and women and uh, uh, of faith uh, together to yeah. kind of share best practices and encourage one another so it's been excellent and and we are not in the same what's called collaboratory now right. but we did have one collaboratory session together that's and right. i remember as we met there you shared that you did a little bit of at ge if yes. you i don't know if you would mind sharing sure. just kind of how did you intersect faith and work during your kind of executive engineering years at GE? Yeah, yeah, great question. And, you know, there, I was just blessed to be involved with some incredible people at GE that were Christian men and women who were really not satisfied just kind of turning their faith off on Monday and then turning it back on on Sunday. Yeah. So they said, there's got to be more to this than just making a great living and yeah. design these jet engines. So um, what we did is we kind of created a network we, uh, and this network really allowed us to get together and encourage one another and be more intentional with our faith in the workplace and kind of talk about what does that practically mean? You yeah. know, what does it mean to show up on Monday 
and be intentional and in listening for someone who has a need. You know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, a person that worked for me at one point came in one day and said, oh, you know, I just lost someone in my family. And wow. it's it's an opportunity for me to empathize with them, but even to take it a step further. Hey, can I bring you a dinner? Can I bring your family a dinner? Or can, yeah. is there something we can do to pray for you? Right. Mm. So it's just teaching people that you don't have to shut off your faith on Monday. Actually, God has you there for a bigger reason. And believe it or not, it's a mission field. Yeah. Right? There's there's people, yes, that go to Africa or other places, but that is a particular mission field that Jesus himself spent a lot of time in. Yeah, so. amen. No, that's great. Well, I appreciate that. So, so let me move us to the next uh, segment. We'll have a chance to talk maybe more about uh, some of that. But let's talk about service and 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 some of the leadership things, and, and maybe a person or people that have impacted you. Yeah. Is there a person of service that kind of comes to your mind here? Yeah, definitely. And I'll actually squeeze into my five minutes two people. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, squeeze in. So, you know, honestly, besides my parents and my grandparents, which all had uh, some really formative roles in my life. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think there's a couple key that uh, individuals that come to mind. Uh, first of all, there was a, a married couple when we first moved to Cincinnati roughly 27 years ago. There was a lot of us newly wed uh, couples. But this group just really came alongside us mm. and really helped show us a way um, to raise a family and be kind of the leaders in your family for your kids. And so they, um, it was just amazing the way in which they gave and pour out their time, their money, their uh, resources to really come alongside us and kind of show us a different way of raising your family. Wow. And all their kids turned out great. Yeah. And so you look at that and you say, wow, man, this is like amazing. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. So so after 27 years, we're still in touch with them. Oh, so, that's awesome. You know, so I encourage people to think about who you can pour into, you know, yeah. through that. Was that and, a church? If yeah, I it was a church. Ask, yeah, it was okay. a church uh, kind of thing. We ended up calling it Generation Faith. Okay, um, nice. And so yeah. we still go on camping trips together as a big group of families. Yeah. Here, so it's great. Yeah, awesome. And then the second one, um, from a work standpoint, um, when I was getting promoted at GE, one yeah. of the things, one of my, uh, it was my second big role, um, one of my colleagues came alongside and he asked me this question, Ryan, what's the fastest way to someone's heart? And I was like, hmm, okay, it's a trick question. He's like, yeah, through their stomach, through their stomach. Oh, yeah, duh. You know, and so he's like, how about we go to the bagel shop and get some bagels? And I'm uh -huh. like, okay, that sounds good. You and I will catch up on a bagel. Well, we went there and he ended up buying like 75 bagels in paying for it out of his own wallet. Wow. And then nonetheless, he turned around and spent the next hour walking me to every single one of my individual new employees that worked for me and personally introduced oh, me. Oh, wow. I was like, wow, this guy's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So so to me, it was, a, it was a great example of a servant leader, yeah. someone that, that, yeah, he could have sat in his ivory's office and just kind of let me figure it out with my new team. But instead he said, you know what, let's do something different here. He went off, went way out of his way to introduce me to everyone. And, and honestly, that left such a big impact that I've started to do things like that. And I've really taken that approach of being more of a servant-based leader, yeah. someone that lifts other people up and really invests in other people. It's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and and I'm sorry, did you if you said his name, I might have missed it. What, his name was Jay. Jay, okay. Jay. Jay. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening, yeah. Jay, I'm going to give you a call now and tell you to listen. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's so funny what you just said. I just was talking with my middle son who uh, works for Kroger in town. He's got a friend, a 
colleague that left and went to another employer mm. and his he just started on Monday I think or maybe Monday a week ago or whatever going through orientation going through this whole thing right you start a new job yeah. you're nervous you're whatever and and unfortunately they did not have what you just said they didn't have somebody that was caring for care right. you know and, and doing all that so he was going through this orientation on day one and he ended up just kind of eating by himself on his own, you know, and, and, and in part because he's a part of a hybrid team and some of the hybrid team wasn't there that particular day. So there's nobody to take him to lunch or to do any of that kind of stuff. And I just thought to myself, man, what a really challenging first day experience, right? right. This is a big organization. Right. I won't name their name, but um, to, to, you know, have a new employee, right? A 20 something employee, come on and, and to not have somebody come alongside you and care for you right. and welcome you and ensure that you have a nice kind of first day, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't know, maybe there's lots of reasons for that, but just kudos to you. Kudos to Jay mm-hmm. for teaching you that and just the value of just, you know, caring for others, right. sharing a meal with others, right. getting a bagel for somebody, mm-hmm. you know, that just, just goes such a long way. Right. Yeah. And so when we talk about people of, of service, it doesn't need to be these huge acts. That's right. Right? Yeah. It can be a bagel. Right. <laughs> yeah, it can be a bagel. It can be bringing a dinner to someone and who's really struggling with an illness or just went through a surgery. Right. It, you know, it could be as simple as, hey, can I pray for you? You know, yeah. I, I've had numerous employees come to me, hey, so-and-so just got in an accident. Yeah. It's like, well, hey, can we pray right now? Wow. You know, and so it's amazing as you, I, I think, look forward to those opportunities, how God will bring opportunities your way yeah. for you to really kind of be those hands and feet in the marketplace. Yeah, and, I, and, and that's, and I love that. I love the hands and feet. I'll keep us going, but maybe we'll come back around to that. Yeah. So let's get to know you a little bit. So we'll talk about, um, uh, just uh, who you are. You shared your age, so 50. Again, mm-hmm. welcome to my decade. The I club. appreciate that. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. and, and you talked a little bit about, um, you know, kind of uh, some favorite hobbies. Yeah. Uh, but so you, you're you a Michigan guy. Are you from Michigan originally? Yeah, Where are you from? Rich, I spent um, a better part of my life up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so nice. um, it was beautiful up there. And the thing I don't like about Ohio is that up in Michigan, you were uh, half an hour away from any one given lake. Yes. So I spent a lot of time as a kid on lakes. Um, actually went barefoot skiing uh, many times okay. and nice. didn't break anything, which was good. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, you will... Be glad to know that my mother-in-law, Peg Ainge, who you're sitting on her couch, yeah. is from Grand Rapids, oh, right? Really? So Great. there's a nice little intersection. Yes. She was from Grand Rapids and got whisked away by my father-in-law down to uh, Dayton, Ohio, Springfield, Ohio. Okay. Uh, but she and her family hailed from Grand Rapids. That's so there beautiful. should there should be a kindred spirit That's there right. on yeah. the couch for you. That's so. right. So, um, and, and you found your way over to Michigan and mm-hmm. met your uh, now wife. Right. You guys were college. So did you date all through college? Or? Uh, not really. Actually, um, uh, as she likes to tell the story uh, compassionately, I was dating other women at the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> other women, she says, because yes. I, I was one of those guys that dated a few uh, women. <laughs> Um, one at a time though, usually, uh, or always, but anyways, it was, it was a point where, um, I had gone off to the Marines for a little while and then came back that we kind of got, um, introduced to each other through kind of a campus ministry oh, nice. okay. and, uh, we kind of saw each other from a distance at a picnic one time yeah. and 
then later on, um, the funny story is that one of my roommates was dating one of her roommates. Okay. And so um, he eventually ended up marrying her. Okay. And then at their wedding, the night of their wedding, I proposed to Wendy, my wow. wife. And, and so it was like, wow, this is great. Yes. And then a third roommate of mine proposed and married a third roommate of theirs. And believe it or not, there was a fourth couple that was on wow. the verge, <laughs> on the verge, and they called it off. So, Man, okay. Um, but yeah, it was it was incredible. She lives uh, or came from north of Detroit. Okay. So we were on uh, both ends of the state. But yeah. then uh, it was actually through college that I ended up accepting my first role at GE. Yeah. And so that was 27 years ago. Wow. Well, and and three for four in the whole kind of friend group dating, getting married. That's pretty good percentage as well. We still stay in touch with them too. Yeah, that's fun. That's awesome. And so you you mentioned a couple of uh, hobbies that you're into, but is there there one that you lean into more heavily than than another? Yeah, I would say lately uh, it's been a, a lot of piano playing. Okay. Um, I'm kind of a serial musician. Nice. So um, I started out with trumpet. I played trumpet for 14 years, um, all from junior high through college or okay. a good portion of college. But then I realized no one really wants to sit around a living room and, and listen to someone play a <laughs> let trumpet. Me, let me break out my trumpet. <laughs> let me play. Yes. Yeah, we'll play some good songs <laughs> together here. So I was like, well, no offense to the trumpet players out there. But so I, I switched over to guitar. Okay. And then I've, I've been playing guitar ever since. But then piano has always been just a natural nice. love of mine. So we were fortunate enough to find a, a good, heavily used Steinway piano. Okay. Here. And so, um, so I used to... I. I get myself in a habit of creating a new song every night or usually try to do one. A new least. song, like you're, you're creating a I'm song. I'm creating a new This melody. is not you trying to uh, play somebody by ear. You're creating just your own yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, it's my here. own stuff. A Ryan Chapin original. A Ryan Chapin original. And so usually they're more melodies and then I forget about it. So, <laughs> but uh, but it is, it's very calming to me when yeah. you come from a stressful day to sit down on the piano and just practice playing a, a calm song is, nice. is always really calm. I like that. So yeah. we just were in Nashville the last couple of days for a little PTO, which is like the music capital of the world, sure. right? I mean, it's just, and it's incredible the talent mm. that you see when you're down there, right. right? I mean, you know, just people, you know, so I just, I don't have any musical talent, so I'm really, really just in awe and very oh, envious yeah. of people like you and others that can do that kind of mm. stuff here. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, good for you. So, um, how about continuous learning? I, I, you strike me as a continuous learner. How do you continuously learn? Yeah, I'm, I'm a guy that's big on, on on learning lessons and then doing something with those learnings, right? So I always, um, I'm also a very process-oriented person. Yeah. And so, you know, at one point I was a Six Sigma master black belt, which sounds, ooh, yeah. you know, wow, yeah, you sure. must, must be great. But um, <laughs> it, it was more of a, I've always been a person that I'll study a process and then kind of pick and choose elements of that process that I think are really good enough for me to put on my tool belt. Okay. And then from there, then when I come around to facing a problem, I'll take that off the tool belt and say, ah, I got a good process that can help that. So I've always been a person that really likes to continuously learn. And typically lately it's been LinkedIn learning. It's been um, on the job learning. So coming into a new client here recently that I've really tried to dig deep into what, how they operate everything. And so um, trying to learn so that I can help them. And again, hopefully bring some value to what they're doing as a business. So So let's let's talk a little bit about it. It takes us into kind of the you in 2022, because you 
had a long and successful career at GE, mm-hmm. and you have now since tapped out. So tell us about what's going on in your life yeah. in 2022 here. Yeah, yeah. So um, just a quick back history story. After spending 26 years there, I, you know, I really came to the point where I said, hey, do I want to do this for another 15 years? Because, you know, it's almost unheard of these days for someone to stay at one company yeah, for 26 right? years. Sure, um, yeah. But I was looking for an opportunity probably three or four years ago, an exit strategy where I could start my own business. Because right. honestly, um, I saw or have a lot of friends like yourself here, uh, which took that leap of faith and started your own business. And it was like, wow, there, there's success out there, right? Yeah. You know, and and so, um, so I, I started this new company called Trusted Consulting last year. Yeah. And it's really meant to be kind of more of a technology consulting and a fractional executive services type of company. Sure, yeah. Um, I'm really kind of going after those aerospace manufacturers, industrial, digital type of companies. Right. A lot of my career has been spent in high technology fields. So um, most recently at GE, I was leading all their advanced design on additive manufacturing. So this is 3D printing, jet engine parts out of metals or super alloys, those sorts of things. Um, So I just always have had a passion for technology and a a passion for coaching people. Mm. And so I said, what better than to start a consulting company that really aims at bringing some of that industry best practice to those small and medium-sized businesses to help them get a a huge leap in their productivity, their culture, those sorts of things. So, um, so yeah, right now I'm focused on a, uh, a a few large aerospace or medium to large size aerospace companies and really working digital transformation. That's another key area of mine. And honestly, one thing I did at GE, I spent five years helping to digitally transform the company. Mm. Um, and it was amazing over those five years, we ended up saving somewhere around $3 billion for the business. So when you look at that, it's like, Three billion. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> that's a big number. That's a big number. So, so it's really taking those learnings and saying, how can I help those medium-sized companies learn from some of those experiences and and transform the way they do business? So, what does that mean uh, for me, the layperson? Digital transformation sounds very. Um, just, it's a big deal. Nuance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Right. Yeah. So what, what does that mean exactly? What, what are some of the things that were part of that digital transformation yeah. that you did and or are now doing for your clients? Sure. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you're hearing in industry these days is something called Industry 4.0. And mm-hmm. so it's the fourth industrial revolution. And a lot of a lot of big companies are starting to concern themselves with that because, you know, in the industrial revolution, you have these factories of the future where you have robotics, you have additive manufacturing, you have Internet of Things, right? right. So you have these sensors that are giving you data that allow you to extract value out of a machine and asset, that sort of thing. Right. You have the cloud-based computer you have artificial intelligence and machine learning. So there's a suite of kind of skill sets and new technologies are being brought to the industries out there. And what I'm helping companies to realize is that, yeah, you could probably still continue doing what you've been doing for 70 years, for instance. (laughs) But like Kodak, Kodak recognized, (laughs) hey, we got this great film business. Let's stick with it. Even though I I believe they 
helped invent the digital camera, but sat on it, right? right? And so how do you help companies not become the, the next Kodak example? Sure. How do you let them actually look at what they're doing now and how can I enhance what they're doing now by providing digital services? So I'll give you a quick example. Yeah. You know, in the jet engine industry, these aircraft fly all over the world. Many of them are flying in and out of dust storms. And so what we did is we invented something called digital twins. And the digital twins are a digital representation of a physical asset. And so a jet engine has turbine blades in it, for instance. Right. And what we would do is we would invent a model which would allow us to, in real time, uh, determine the health of a individual turbine blade. Mm. And by then combining many models together, we can predict very precisely when that engine needs to be pulled off wing for maintenance. And okay. that can save millions and hundreds of millions of dollars in the industry. Yeah. So digital twins are a huge emerging trend. And I think a lot of automotive and aerospace companies are really starting to get benefit from them. Yeah, no, that's exciting. So, so what you just said, so there's uh, industries that it's going kind of beyond your... Yes. Okay, got it. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, that's great. So a lot of, I think a lot of industries are starting to recognize that. And what they're doing is they're saying, okay, even though my bread and butter business is this, there is some opportunity for me to provide ongoing service offerings to right. um, companies, like in this case, the aviation or airline industry, right. um, to offer them predictive maintenance, to help them better manage their operations so they can uh, extract more value out of these really expensive machines. Yeah, no, interesting. So great. Well, thank you for sharing all of that and yes. all of that you've got going on and certainly prayers and best of luck and success uh, it, it, it has been and will continue to be fun to watch you as you grow your business mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll walk this journey together a little yes, bit. So, so appreciate that. So, uh, it's time to roll the dice. So okay. we've got 11 questions. Number nine. Number nine. I like that. You are the first, this is the engineer process improvement. Mm -hmm. You didn't need to roll those dice on the table. You That's rolled right. them within the glass the and Yahtzee then you style. just... And then you just read them. See, you just, that's a Six Sigma move there right go, there. Yeah. You took a step out. I've eliminated waste. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> All right, so number nine. So, uh, you know, it's funny. We get number nine a fair amount, I think. So give us a little humble brag. Mm. You know, I, I know that you and most of the guests are humble. You don't like to brag about it. Uh, but but give us a blessing mm. that you're proud of that we can celebrate with you. Yeah. Yeah, and this, it, it was a tough one, but, uh, you know, I think one that's kind of a fun one. Back when I was uh, in high school, uh, back to the trumpet playing, uh, we were fortunate enough to be a really good marching band. And so yeah. our band director signed us up to compete in the national competition down in Florida. Yeah. And so uh, we were going up against something like 500 bands from around the country. And we were the last band to play. And I remember it was in the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, so yeah. here we are, big time here, you know, doing this marching band thing. And we had somewhere around a 350-person marching band. So it wasn't a small size. Right. And um, so anyways, through that, uh, there were eight total awards. And in the end, we were at sitting there at SeaWorld. And, you know, you got this big stadium and all these schools represented. And they started naming off the awards. And the first one we ended up winning was like best drumline. So our guy just marched all the way down, way, way down, yeah. grabbed the award. We were all like jazz. We were like, <laughs> okay, at least we won one, you know? Well, the, the odd thing is by the end of the award ceremony, we had won seven out of the total eight awards. And wow. we were just like, Oh man. my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was, 
pretty awesome. And, and, you know, when we got back up to Michigan, there was a police escort. Oh, and, wow. And the you. mayor of Granville, Michigan yeah. named, uh, named a special day after <laughs> us. Yeah, so it was a fun little event and I always remember that. Look at that. Yes. All these years now later. And it's awesome. I appreciate yeah. that. And I appreciate too, for the audience that you had prepared some of this, right? Because I do give all of our guests uh, the, the questions, right? Mm-hmm. There's 11 questions and the dice will kind of determine yes. what direction you go. And, and you know, uh, some people glance at the questions yeah. and maybe think about them momentarily. I think you prepped gave a, a little, little bit, bit more which thought. I appreciate that. A little here. bit more so, thought there. So let me ask you, we got a couple minutes remaining. I'm going to give you... I'm going to divide uh, that nine because you got a four and a five in the glass, yeah. I think. I'm going to ask you question number four, which is your take on faith at work and why? Because you've touched on that already. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think when when people think of GE or mm-hmm. P&G or mm-hmm. Cintas or Fifth Third or Kroger, you know, there's a lot of big companies here in Cincinnati. Right. And, and oftentimes there's a thought of, I can't have faith at work mm-hmm. in these big companies. I've been co- coached and counseled on not doing that for fear of whatever, yeah, right? Right. How, how did you deal with that at GE? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, part of the reason I got, I believe, called into more of a faith at work type of ministry, and I actually wrote a book on it. Uh, the book is called uh, Go Make Disciples at Work. It's yeah, on, It's on Amazon, a little plug here. But, um, you know, the book was kind of a, it came out of this thought, and, and I'll tell you a quick story. I was sitting there in the mentoring program, and GE had this fabulous mentoring program probably 15 years ago. And I was sitting there waiting for my mentee to show up. I never met this person before. And I all of a sudden, I had this thought, you know, almost like a guilty thought. Why? God, I have all these friends who are off in the mission fields around the world. One of my best friends is up at a camp in Michigan, a Bible yeah. camp. And here I am sitting here making lots of money in corporate America. Man, I'm sorry. You know, so I felt guilty. And, and I that's when I really felt the Lord just kind of speak to my heart. Well, actually, you're in a mission field, right? Yeah. You are in the mission field that I planted you in. So yeah. go do something about it, right? So I, I think those people that are scared about it, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Once you realize that there's more to life than just making money, enjoying your weekends and then dreading Monday morning, there's more to life. And God actually has people um, planned out for you to actually interact with and share his love with. And so that really turned a light switch on in my head and it led me to be way more, um, uh, faithful at, at answering that call. Now, I think for those people out there who say, well, yeah, I could lose my job right. if I share That's my what I was faith. Thank you. Yeah. There, there are some fine lines, and there is a chapter in my book that talks about those fine lines. But just to let everyone know, there's a Title VII uh, Civil Rights Act of, I think it was 1964, which kind of defines the rights of individual employees not to be discriminated against based on their faith. And mm. so those uh, water cooler-like conversations are totally acceptable. I'd say where you cross the line is if someone comes in and says, well, hey, I'm really not interested in talking about that right now. And you say, well, but you're going to burn in hell. Yeah, I, I think that has crossed the line. So it's understanding where that line is, but it, I would encourage people not to back off from 
maybe how God has called you to live intentionally. And, and one of the things, too, when you look at Jesus in the Bible, um, the number of stories that he has, there's like 100 and I think it was 156 uh, kind of key stories in the Gospels. 132 of those had a workplace context mm. or in a workplace environment. Wow. 45 parables, I think it was 32 of those parables had a marketplace context associated with yes. them. So if you think, well, I can't share my faith, certainly at work, well, you're, you're being misled. Yeah. Look what Jesus did. He yeah. was all about the marketplace. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really good. And I, and I really appreciate what you said too, that fear that people might have of losing a job or I'm not allowed to do that or whatever the case is. And I, and I, let me ask you a quick follow-up yeah. um, as I'm, cause you were, you know, it's one thing to be an employee, it's another thing to be a manager or an executive manager, a leader of leaders, you know, all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Did you ever come across the, anybody feeling like, man, they're not being promoted because they don't have the same faith as you? Yeah, that's or a they, great question. Did that ever happen? How did you deal with yeah, that? Yeah, no, that, that never happened. And I was very intentional to treat everyone uh, equally. Yeah. And that was kind of a key um, practice of mine is to always love people. Yeah. You know, that's kind of a foundation anyways. Sure. Always treat people fairly. And quite honestly, you know, I, I promoted several Muslims, yeah. you know, people that I found out sure. were Muslims and I, I treated them no differently than I treated a, a Christian yeah. uh, or an atheist. Right. Yeah. So, I, and I think that's important because we, as, as Christ followers need to be intentional with our faith, but also be primarily loving to the people that God has planted in our sphere. Yeah, right. So, and, and so lastly on that too, another uh, technique that I found very effective is one of the employees of mine that worked a couple le- levels down, he was kind of like a Timothy. So he would actually call people to say, Hey, Ryan's leading this breakfast. So we would mm. go outside of work. We'd have a breakfast. It was very open around what we we're going to talk about. And so I would show up and, and he would bring in the crowd and yeah. we'd just talk about the Bible. Yeah, you know, so here's good. what God says. Well, thank you for being a great person of service. Thank mm-hmm. you for leading that. If uh, the audience wants to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so my my website is uh, mytrustedconsulting.com. Okay. Um, yeah, or ryan at mytrustedconsulting.com. Okay. So uh, that's probably the best way to connect with me, and there's a connect form there awesome. as well. And LinkedIn, is that okay as yeah, well? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. LinkedIn, and yep. I'm, I'm getting a ton of LinkedIn uh, activity these days. Yeah, so yeah, feel free, awesome. though. I'm I'm very active on LinkedIn. LinkedIn seems like the, the main system for anyone to connect yeah, these days. Yeah, so. that's awesome. And and one last plug for your book. Again, the title is? Yeah, it's Go Make Disciples at Work. Awesome. And it's on Amazon. Yeah. So, yep. Thank you. Thanks for being a great person of service. Thanks for coming down, sitting on Grandma's Comfy Couch. Mm, it's great. Grand Rapids from yep. Grand Rapids. <laughs> and and uh, so that's awesome. And uh, we'll say our goodbyes and we'll go get a taco or something here. So Thank let's you, go Steve. have lunch. Yep. Thanks for being here. Yep. Bye-bye.